Hello and welcome back to Power Sessions with Natasha where we find our confidence, our power and where we have real conversations. Today we are going all the way to Egypt where we are continuing with our series of Africa's Queens. We are looking at one of the most pharaohs to ever live. Her name is Hatshepsut. Hatshepsut Ma'at Kare. She was the first female pharaoh of Kemet and she reigned between 1479 and 1458 BC, which was a time called the 18th dynasty. You might be asking yourself, what does the Ma'at Kare mean? Ma'at means truth, order and balance. And Ka means spirit double of Ray. Her birth name, which was Hatshepsut, means foremost of noble women. What a very powerful name. Hatshepsut was the longest reigning female pharaoh in Kemet, ruling for more than 20 years. She is considered one of Kemet's most successful pharaohs because of what she went on to do. She was an only child born to King Tutmos I by his principal wife and queen Amose. Hatshepsut was born at the dawn of a glorious age of Egyptian imperial power and prosperity and they called that time the New Kingdom. Her father, King Tutmose I, was a very charismatic leader and a very legendary military leader. Hatshepsut would have been born around the time of his coronation, which was around 1504 BC. And so, she would have been a toddler when he famously sailed home to Thebes with the naked body of a Nubian chieftain dangling from the prow of his ship. It was a warning to all who would threaten his empire. Imagine being raised by a dad who was like that. So she would have taken on, you know, his powers, the way he did things, his um, leadership, you know. So after the death of her father at age 12, Hashepsut married her half-brother, Tutmos II, who reigned for 15 years. During their marriage, Hashepsut and Tutmos II were not able to produce a male heir, but they had a daughter named Neferure. Tutmos II died after 15 years of being king, making Hashepsut a widow before the age of 30. The throne then fell to Tutmos III, a stepson and nephew of Hashepsut. As Tutmos III was a child and unable to rule Kemet, Hashepsut served as a regent. It was the dumb thing back then where if a person was supposed to be king and they were underage, they would always be able to have a regent that handles affairs of which Hashepsut was doing. She was handling affairs of the state until her stepson came of age. She did this for three years until she proclaimed herself pharaoh. Some say she was driven with ambition. Some say she was probably doing it to save a certain a certain situation maybe there was a political crisis like a threat from another branch of the royal family that Hatshepsut may have been acting to save the throne for her stepson you know however being a woman she knew that her power grab was highly controversial Hatshepsut fought to defend its legitimacy. She even pointed to her royal lineage and claimed that her father had appointed her his successor. She even went as far as reinventing her image because in statues and paintings of her of that time, she ordered that she, she be portrayed as a male pharaoh with a beard and large muscles. 
In other images, however, she appears in traditional female regalia. Hatshepsut needed support, so she surrounded herself with key people in government positions. Hatshepsut went as far as dropping her titles relating to those only a woman could hold and took on those of the pharaoh. She even eventually dropped the female ending from her, t from her name, the T at the end, and became His Majesty Hatshepsut. Under Hatshepsut's reign, Egypt prospered, it flourished. Unlike other rulers in her dynasty, she was more interested in economic prosperity and building and restoring monuments throughout Kemet and Nubia. She was not about conquering lands and fighting and being involved in wars. Hatshepsut built two obelisks, cut at the ancient granite quarry in Aswan and transported them to Kanak Temple. One of the obelisks still stands today. Hatshepsut ordered three more obelisks to celebrate her 16th year as pharaoh, but one of them cracked during construction. The unfinished obelisk could have been 42 meters in length. Had this obelisk been completed, it would have been the heaviest obelisk ever cut in chemist, weighing nearly 1,100 tons. Wow! Hatshepsut also built the mortuary temple at Deir el-Bahari called Jessa Jesseru, which means holiest of holy places, which was dedicated to Amin, Anubis, and Hathor. It was built at the site of an even older temple of Mentuhotep, the first, which was the mortuary built from the 11th dynasty. Hatshepsut had one notable trading expedition, which was to the land of Punt, which was in the ninth year of her reign. The land of Punt was in northeastern Africa, somewhere in the area of Eritrea, Ethiopia, and southern Sudan, or in present-day Somalia. The land of Punt was a land rich in product that the Kamatians desired, such as myrrh, frankincense, wood, sweet-smelling resin, ivory spices gold ebony ivory and aromatic trees senses of these smells and beauties can just be you can just imagine them in your mind and in your brain what it was like for her and her people to go there scenes of these expeditions can be seen actually at her mortuary temple jessa jesseru at Deir el bahari one of um, Heshepsut's most important advisors were, was Senen Mat. He had been among the queen's servants and rose with her in power. Apparently, he was her right-hand man. Some say that they were lovers, but there is no proof of this. After Heshepsut died, she would have been around in her mid-40s. She was buried in the Valley of the Kings. And it's located in the hills behind Del El Bahari. In another effort to legitimize her reign, she had her father's remains reburied in her tomb, so that she could, so that they could lie together in death. Tutmos III went on to rule for thirty years after she died. He established Kemet rule of Syria and Palestine, proving to be both ambitious and a builder, like his stepmother, and a great warrior. Late in his reign, 
Tutmos III had almost all the evidence of Hashem's rule, including the images of her as a king on the temples and monuments she had built. He eradicated all of that. He had all of that taken down, possibly to erase her example as a as powerful ruler or to close the gap in the dynasty's line of male succession. It is unknown as to why, but some believe it is because that she was a woman and that because of how ancient Egypt was, the male lineage and dynasty could not be disturbed and they believe she did this by disturbing the Ma'at, you know. But she had to be a pharaoh. She had to. She fulfilled a role. As a consequence um, of him destroying everything that she ever built, very little is known of Hatshepsut's existence until in 1822 when they were actually able to decode and read the hieroglyphics on the walls of Deir el-Bahari. This queen is very legendary. She improved the lives of her people. She didn't want to be involved in wars. She improved trade for her people. She improved the quality of life of her people. But she did it with such might and such fearlessness. It is honestly awe-inspiring. Yet again, I urge you to go and look up about this queen. Learn about her. Teach each other. Teach yourselves. We come from kings and queens. I hope you enjoy this episode. And I'll see you on the next one.